It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey there, fellow 20 somethings. It's your girl, Sydney Winter. And guess what? The wait is finally over. Season four of Crying in Public is here and I'm flying solo for the very first time. That's right, no co-host to rein me in, just me and myself in the mic. From relationships to careers and all the awkward encounters in between, we're covering it all. So mark your calendars and set your reminders because Crying in Public is dropping its juiciest season yet. Listen to the new season of Crying in Public on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A warmer from Evo. Welcome to Bobby Las Vegas for Ghost Ghosts with myself, Greg Ames Peterson, now part of the Beast and Family Podcast. We've got a tremendous podcast for you guys. We're going to be keeping this one to two parts in segment number two. Mike Randall, who does great work over at FTN Network, he is one of their main content officers. He is going to be joining me, and we're going to be taking a look at the brand new landscape of just college sports in general. It is very, very wild what we have seen over the last few days, and we're going to try to see if there's going to be implications immediately this year based on all the conference realignment. We're obviously going to be taking a little bit of a look down the line as well as to what this means for future years, what this means perhaps for mid-majors being able to be a little bit more stock up. We're going to be talking about why this might be helping out some of these mid-majors more so than hurting them, and we're going to be taking a look at that angle. On top of that, we're going to be diving into foreign tours and some of the information that could be gathered from them. I know that Mike is a big believer in the fact that these can be good learning opportunities, so we're going to be taking a look at that, and we're going to be taking a look at just sort of the strength that we've got in the SEC for this upcoming season this year and taking a look at the lay of the land in terms of the Southeastern Conference. So we've got a great podcast on tap here in segment number one. We didn't see a lot of news and notes in college basketball. Fortunately, things slowed down a little bit with regards to realignment. We're still waiting on what those remaining pack four teams now are going to be doing. And hey, by the time this podcast uploads, maybe they will be making a decision, but certainly keeping my eyes on that. And we did see one transfer move, and I'll get you guys caught up on that in a minute. And if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, whatever you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at unit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters CM, they mean does not matter, so as per usual, please send these into the timeline. And the other way, that is fine, an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via the five-star review. And the main thing that we did see happen in college basketball is we saw someone who was at Montana a few years ago. Last year, he was playing over at UC Davis. That would be Robbie Beasley. He has decided that he is going to be joining the Dons of San Francisco for Beasley. Very good three-point shooter. Last year at UC Davis, he was able to shoot 42.5% from three, nine and a half points per contest. Average a little bit more in terms of raw scoring while he was at Montana in his two years there. Was an 11-point-per-game score on that front. Shot 37% for three and also shot 
87% at the free throw line as well. It's never been too much of a facilitator, but should be able to help out a Don's team that they are going to be in a little bit of transition when it comes to their backcourt for San Francisco. This bunch was having a little bit of a tough time trying to replace those guys that were so near and dear to their NCAA tournament run two seasons ago. I do feel like they're starting to be able to get things straightened out a little bit. I do think that there's a little bit of upside for San Francisco if they can really hit with regards to Marcus Williams being able to take that next step forward because it was Tyrell Ghost Roberts who was a main piece in that backcourt and they bring in Mongolian Mike as well. Very versatile six foot eight gentleman that was over at Dayton last season. If they're able to hit on those two guys along Jonathan Mogbo who comes in from Missouri State, I do like the way that things are trending upward for this program and then we do have one other note. It's not necessarily a big one but Jaquan Ewing, he was over at Southern last year. He has decided that he is going to be going down to the non-V one level. This is very easy for just getting prepared and just being able to take a look at the lay of the land in general in college basketball. All you need to know is that Mr. Ewing, he was at the D1 level last year. He is now at the non-D1 level. You're able to just cross him off your list of guys that you need to break down and move on. And he just really didn't have any sort of an impact when it came to his time at Southern as Last season, he got out there for like one game. I think it might have been a few average four points per contest in a very, very small sample size. As a matter of fact, it was four games. So, I mean, he was able to play in four games. Really didn't see too much of the floor. So, just cross him off your list of guys that you need to break down and move on. So, a little bit of a bear news day in college basketball Monday. Welcomed after all the realignment. And we're going to be talking about that and so much more next with our good friend Mike Randall over at FTN Network. And we're going to be diving in on the SEC and these foreign trips as well next. Right here on Coast with myself, Craig Peterson, now a part of the Houston Family Podcast. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip. Who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way. A brand new show from My Heart Podcast where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before. Tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way. A brand new show from My Heart Podcast where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts are you ready to become a winning sports better Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. With myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Visa Family and Podcast. It is great to be joined by this man as Mike Randall. He does absolutely tremendous work over at FTN Network and FTN Best. He is their chief content officer there. Does an amazing job with his own podcast, the Screen the Screener Podcast, which you're able to find wherever you get your podcast. I know that Mike is doing a tremendous job on so many fronts. He does a great job with that podcast. Also, if you take a look at his I can't believe I'm saying this. X account feels like everything is changing. It is at Randall Rant, and he's been doing a great job getting you all set for the upcoming season with regards to both the fantasy football side of things and some season-long bets they might want to be taking a look at for the NFL season. And Mike, I gave out your old X account. Always do appreciate it. Thank you. You know, people should appreciate, Greg, how prescient you are that you named your podcast Coast to Coast because with the new realignment, it's not going to matter what state you're in. So you have everything covered so far. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you. And yes, there is going to be teams going from coast to coast. Like when Washington goes to Rutgers, that's about a 2,900-mile hike there. And we were talking about this a little bit off air. In terms of what we do, it is very important to be taking a look at this realignment stuff. It's not fun because it's a bunch of greedy people trying to get even more money in their pockets, which, oh, yay, that just absolutely makes people very excited. But I do think that this is one of these cases where we do need to be paying attention to all the realignment because even though it is not going to be a case where Washington is going to be joining the Big Ten until next year, I do think that it could have some effects with regards to this year in college basketball because if a team from insert your mid-major here goes into another conference we have seen some of those teams be barred from their conference tournament and that's a big deal for one and two 
I don't think we're done with regards to the transfer portal because I do think there might be a few players that might be a little bit ticked off that the school that they went to, they are going to be now in a different conference and they might decide to bolt. It's totally true. Look at what's happening with some of the smaller sports. I I ran track in college. So my heart goes out to the track, the softball teams like that. You heard volleyball players accurately complain, look, I committed to this school so that my friends and family could come see me play. So whenever a move like this happens, people are going to say that this is a a bad thing. It's going to hurt the smaller schools. You know, you're creating these massive, the Big Ten SEC, Big 12 ACC, Big Four conferences. Everybody else is going to struggle. I don't think that's the case for the reason you said. Do not underestimate, folks. What's going to happen with athletes who are not going to want to travel all the way from the West Coast to Rutgers? They're not going to want to do it. And so maybe they open their mind and say, I'll become a big fish in a small pond. Some of these smaller schools get these players that they wouldn't get. Whenever something like this happens, is opportunity. But basically what is now happening is we have four conferences, Big Ten, SEC, Big 12, ACC. And if you saw it, Greg, I don't know if you saw it, Rick Pitino put something out you know, lauding the Big East and now it's saying to the ACC, it's your move. But hopefully I want to see the small schools. You and I love them. I would love for the positive effect of this for some of these talented players to stay local at smaller schools so that their friends and family can enjoy watching them play. Yep. And I do think that that's a very big deal for some of these guys because we do see stories every single year of a guy that they decide to go a little bit closer to home because they feel homesick, things like that. And if you're a athlete over there at Washington and you're having to spend multiple weeks away from the entirety of the Pacific Northwest because you have to play Rutgers, you have to play Maryland, and then you travel a little bit closer for maybe like a road swing that involves Wisconsin on the back end of that, that's not necessarily the world's greatest situation either. And Do you think that there could be a case where there are some guys with their recruitment that they decide, hey, you know what, I could be going to Wisconsin, I could be going to Washington, but instead I'm going to go to UW-Green Bay, I'm going to go to Eastern Washington because the travel is regional, I'm able to play in front of my friends and family, and this could be actually a little bit of a net positive for the main majors that, oh, by the way, have been doing better in the NCAA tournament in recent years. 100%. My prior career was in public education, and you can't underestimate the effect of the COVID years that have contributed to social anxiety, mental health issues. So players want to stay home. They want to be supported by their family. It's critical. So now you throw in a young player who maybe isn't at the point that we were years ago because of being sort of limited by COVID and some of those other issues, now having to travel all over the country, dealing with a bad game on the East Coast, flying back home, not being able to sleep, 100%. We forget that these are kids. We forget that these are people. No matter how talented they are, they're reclassifying, getting pressure that they have to play. If they don't play right away, You know, they go to a big-time school, they're supposed to get playing time, but now they're coming off the bench because there's another five-star recruit there, and we'll get into some of those teams, I'm sure, who've been dealing with issues in the summer but that can't be underestimated. We forget about it, but that's real. And so if I'm the head coach of a smaller school, someone in a smaller conference, that's what I'm selling. You can stay home. We will schedule these teams in independent games. You'll get your opportunity. And you know what? When we get to the NCAA tournament, look at St. Peter's, look at Florida Atlantic, look what these small schools have done. Why do you go there and you're not happy with your playing time and you're dealing with the adjustments and everything about growing up here, becoming a person really quickly who has to deal with other issues as a, as a college freshman? 
freshman and you're going out early to a mid-major anyway. Why not be the big fish in the small pond? That's the selling point. I hope we see it. Yep, same here. And we have been seeing a little bit more and more of that. Like I still recall when Makira Maker went over to an HBCU in Howard a few years ago. I feel like we could be seeing more and more of those stories coming in future years. And hey, we could be seeing some of those transfers as soon as within the next few weeks as we've got a very interesting landscape in college sports and college basketball right now as Mike Randall, who does tremendous work over at FTM Best, he is joining me on Coast to Coast Hoops. And obviously we haven't seen any realignment within the next 48 hours. And I can't think with the Pac-12 they'd be doing anything like I still remember with the Colonial a few years ago, they borrowed James Madison from the conference tournament because they were bolting girls. You'd have like a four-team Pac-12 tournament where it's like, yeah. oh boy, we've got Stanford versus Washington State in the title game. Winner gets an NCAA tournament bid. I think that those that run the NCAA tournament might be a little bit less than pleased with that. I think that they're willing to let it slide a little bit more with their to a one-bid league, but there is certainly a lot that is happening right now, and Right now, what is actually happening on the court is a lot of these foreign tours. And I don't know what you've been making out of some of these, if you've been taking notes, what have you. But I do think that these foreign tours, they do give these teams that they do get them a little bit of a leg up, especially a younger team like the most notable one was Kentucky. But I look at these SEC schools trying to turn over a new leaf. We're seeing good reports on Mississippi State, their three-point shooting, what have you. What have you been taking out of some of these foreign tours? And is it something that is on your radar in terms of giving a team a little bit of a stock up, stock down for the upcoming season? Or for you, is this just a little bit of something where the results get posted on social media and a little bit too much gets made out of it? No, I want it. I want information. I want to hear what's going on. I, I think John Calipari, you have certainly mentioned this. We both talked about it, is on the hot seat in Kentucky. And maybe it's justified. Maybe it's not. They get frustrated down in Kentucky. But you remember back to all his years. I mean, he had that run there where he had the Final Four championship game and another Final Four in a five-year period. Now you're looking at Kentucky. That I still think what started the frustration with the Wildcats was when they had that incredible team in 2017 that squad went 32 and 6 and they ended up losing to North Carolina there with a game to go to the final four you're talking about Bam Adebayo Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox just think about that Greg how incredible that team is that is somebody that I'm looking at because I definitely think he is focused and he is on the hot seat but now you're looking at Kentucky they have Aaron Bradshaw who got injured, but he is a uniquely talented big. And the Kentucky teams that have been dominant, that have played well, going back to Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Towns, they need that big. They need that rim protection inside. They have not had that recently. So they just added another player that they signed. Trey Mitchell is there, which I think is really fascinating, great, because Trey Mitchell is starting to get the reputation. If you look at him, West Virginia, Texas, UMass, that if things don't go right, he ends up bolting. So Trey Mitchell was fantastic in Canada. Boy, did they play well in their tournament there. But now was it because the other players were out and he was able to pass, rebound, be the center of the offense like he wants to be? I don't know. But there is a lot of talent in Kentucky again. It's not just talent in the backcourt with DJ Wagner and Reeves coming back. No, and not just Edwards, the high recruit. They have bigs inside. So I've seen that Kentucky again is trying to reload. They have played well. And I'm following what these teams are doing when they're going to the tournaments because I think it's relevant. I think it's important to see, you know, you have a team like Creighton is in the Bahamas. You have a team like Iowa State, who I love this year, in the Bahamas until August 10th. They're in the middle of it right now. Kentucky just got back from Canada. So you have a lot of teams that were interested, even small schools. 
Belmont's going to Spain later this month. Many different issues that we love. They want to build chemistry. Tennessee, another one. Can Rick Barnes finally get over the hump? Gosh, I was in Madison Square Garden to play in Florida Atlantic. I thought my owls were dead to rights, but sure enough, Barnes is going to Barnes when they get to the second half of that game. So can he get over the hump? There's a lot of interesting things. I like to see the players. I like to see the the sort of – the pecking order of who gets what here because it sets us up well, especially to handicap the beginning non-conference games where we really can take advantage of some soft lines here in the betting market. Yep, absolutely. And I do think that because you were talking about a little bit of Tennessee, you were talking a little bit of Kentucky. I mentioned this team just in passing, but Mississippi State, they're a team that they stand out to me because in their foreign tour, they've been making a lot more threes. They were dead last in terms of three-point shooting percentage in all of college basketball last year. That was really what was missing for them. And I thought bringing in Andrew Taylor from Marshall was very big for them. I'm not going to say that Mississippi State, by any stretch of the imagination, is winning the SEC or anything like that. But we saw them make the NCAA tournament last year. And they're a team that I'm stocked up on. I feel like they could be a contender for perhaps a top 25 spot. I do take a look top to bottom at the SEC. And I've liked what I've been hearing out of everything that we've been seeing in the foreign tours that we've had for the SEC and overall in the offseason, I think they've done as good of a job as pretty much anyone in all of college basketball for the entirety of the conference. It's such an excellent point. The SEC has great basketball, but it is wide open because Kentucky has shown warts and Tennessee's offense struggles. Now, I think Tennessee has done some things that maybe they can overcome there, but you can't have a more impressive first year than Chris Jans did. I mean, just comes in, sets a tone. They were horrific, Greg, from three-point range. 26.6%. I mean, that was almost dead last in D1. Couldn't make free throws, but Tolu Smith comes back. They added some players. And again, here are the pieces. Great coach, style. We've seen Mississippi State play this way. They can be different within the SEC, and there is no team here. Sure, Alabama can run and can score, but they have the type of team that can match up well. They did win their first round against Florida, struggled against Alabama. We get that, but they had a run there towards the end of the year where they ended up winning eight of ten games put themselves in position, fought themselves back in to be a factor in the SEC. I love the pick. I love Chris Jans. He's been under the radar at New Mexico State for all those years. Now he's going to do a great job here with Mississippi State and the Bulldogs. Yep, I'm right there with you. And I do think that when it comes to the SEC landscape, as joining me on the show, we've got Mike Randall. He does great work over at FDN Network and FDN Bets. I do think that for the SEC, what you were laying out, because Kentucky does have some more. It's Tennessee. I can't get with them being a Final Four contender, perhaps a Sweet 16 contender, not a Final Four contender for me. It's an SEC that I sort of likened to the Big Ten over the last few years. I don't see that one Final Four team there, but I could see four or five teams being in the top 25. I could see seven or so bids for the NCAA tournament. Heck, a school like Vanderbilt brings back quite a bit. I don't know if they're going to be able to make the NCAA tournament, but they're going to be a tough team. Really, sounds like a South Carolina, I think top to bottom, this is a really good competitive conference where you don't have that one star studded team, but you've got a bunch of solid teams all around. Yeah, you know, we're laughing with Kentucky. They get so frustrated when they talk about how they did last year and their battles. I mean, Vanderbilt upset Kentucky in the first round of the SEC tournament and beat them during the season. I mean, that just doesn't sit well. As much as it's Stackhouse and Calipari, that's where the boosters get really frustrated. But I think it's interesting with Kentucky. People are always going to gravitate them. They're always going to be bet up, just like Duke is. The question with them is, can they score? They can always defend. We know they're going to rebound. 
They were number one per Ken Palm in offensive rebounding last year. We know they're going to be great defending the three. I think Calipari does just such an underrated job of defending the arc, which he's great at. The question is, can they get enough offense? They need bigs who can score, but they need to be able to shoot the three. If they can do that, and they had some hot players in Canada who were making threes, they can be dangerous and take this league back. I just love watching SEC basketball. Tennessee, Buzz Williams with Texas A&M, Alabama's been fantastic. You know, and then you have, is this going to be Florida's year? You know, Florida coming in with Todd Golden. He had his first year. That's always an adjustment, Greg. We know that. You're trying to get your players in. He's a brilliant coach from San Francisco. First year of Florida. I expect them to be a lot better. It's an exciting brand of basketball. It's a passionate fan base. You mentioned Mississippi State. Arkansas had their struggles last year. You know, Must does a great job. It's a great conference. It really is a great conference. I love it. Probably the most entertaining one for me, even though the Big 12 has been dominant because of the national championships last few years. And I'm so glad that you mentioned with Kentucky that they are going to be a school that gets fed up because I know there's been some people that based on the Global Jam performance that they are perhaps looking at them in the futures market. And I say not quite yet because I do think that because Kentucky does have so many freshmen that they're going to drop a few games early. And if you're looking at betting a Kentucky future, you can take it in season, probably get a better number for one and two with Kentucky. We've always seen with a lot of their teams that when they make the final four, typically they aren't like the one seed or the two seed yep. in the NCAA tournament. They're making those runs as a four seed. Heck, they made the national title game, if I remember correctly, as an eight seed when they knocked off Wichita State many, many years ago as well. I remember that team. And are there a few teams out there sort of like in Kentucky that maybe you're eyeing in the futures market, but you say, man, in the preseason, I'm not sure about it. I want to see how they progress in season to see if they do peak in March, much like in Kentucky has in past years. Yeah, what I'm looking for now, and I'm doing our previews for FTN going through each one of the teams, not only am I looking at that, but I'm looking at trends and and how they've done against the spread, non-conference versus conference, and specifically over-unders. Calipari prides himself on getting these kids to buy in. But what I found interesting is they really struggle on the totals, 21 and 13 to the over last year. So again, when Kentucky, when a team doesn't have an identity and doesn't have that like Florida Atlantic senior-based group that all buy in, I think they can be vulnerable in the defensive end, particularly early in the year. So I've tried to look at some trends to see how teams have done against the spread and over-unders and things like that. You know, of course, Tennessee, deck taxes and Rick Barnes, they were 13-22-1 and over-under. So that's 22-13-1 to the under last year and particularly good in the non-conference. Another one I'm looking at that is interesting is, of course, Houston going to the Big 12. You know, Houston last year, Greg, was not as much as Houston was dominant. 33-4, 17-1. You know they had a couple missteps at home, only 19-18 and 18 against the spread. So is this a team now that when they go into the Big 12 and they play in the non-conference and they play their conference games, are those numbers going to be a little inflated because people assume, oh, they were 33-4 and four last year. Yeah, but they weren't that good against the spread. So those are some of the things that I'm looking at. And, of course, Mark Few, Gonzaga, we love them, but only 14-21-2 against the spread last year, Mark Few, and 21-15, and their defense – Usually not that prevalent, especially when you get into the non-conference with Gonzaga. So just those are the things that I'm focusing on to try to see if we can get an advantage early in the season in the non-conference with some teams that maybe when you dive into the numbers are very different than how you would perceive them. Kentucky plays an easy team in the non-conference. People are going to think they destroy them, and they're also going to think that maybe the number will be under because they'll be able to limit them defensively. 
But sure enough, it doesn't always happen that way. Absolutely. And with Houston, I will say they've actually had some very good success being able to cover some of those 15 plus point lines as well. But to your point as well, they've had a few upsets. I still remember they always had a tough time the last few years against Temple for some reason. Temple always gave them issues in the American. They would roll a lot of other teams as a double digit favorite, but they were just unable to really overcome Temple. So that was always something that I did take a look at and Mike. You just mentioned it. You're doing a great job getting set for the upcoming college basketball season. On top of that, like I said, on your X feed, which we've got conference realignment and we've got to deal with now this X thing that is formerly Twitter. So we've got a lot of changes there. You're doing a great job getting set for the upcoming NFL season as well. So let the good people at home know it's all on tap for you and how people are able to follow along on social media and other platforms. Yeah, on X at Randall Rant. We have a ton of stuff at FTN coming out. We are diving deep into the fantasy football world, Greg, but college basketball never stops. So we're getting our big uh, FTN bets, college basketball preview going. I'm going team by team, teams I like, who I don't like, over-unders, all that fun stuff. So it'll be here before we know it. August flies by. You and I talked about that, but a lot of fun stuff. College football, NFL, fantasy football, and college basketball on the way. The hamster wheel known as sports never ends, and Mike does a great job taking a look at it all. A big thanks to Mike Randall for joining me on Coast Coast Soups, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. And if you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Coast Coast Soups, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And if you have a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at GNN underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters M, they mean does not matter. So as per usual, please just send these into the timeline. Other way, via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire on whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. As always, I am with you guys every single day on this podcast, certainly. Trying to see if this realignment movement is going to have any bearings on this year with regards to college basketball. If we might be seeing some guys at the transfer portal line. We're in conference preview season as well. The OVC and the NEC are next up for me along with the Patriot League. So we're going to be getting those up within the next few weeks. And I'll be with you guys every day, rain or shine. And then once we get in season... I'll be giving you guys picks and analysis on every single game, every single day. So I appreciate you tuning in today, and I'll be back with you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey there, fellow 20-somethings. It's your girl, Sydney Winter. And guess what? The wait is finally over. Season four of Crying in Public is here, and I'm flying solo for the very first time. That's right. No co-host to rein me in. Just me, myself, and the mic. From relationships to careers and all the awkward encounters in between, we're covering it all. So mark your calendars and set your reminders because Crying in Public is dropping its juiciest season yet. Listen to the new season of Crying in Public on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.